Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. Well, I'm doing a, a continuing series on um, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and as I said before, if you want to see the other parts of that, you can download them on the Aspen Chapel podcast from Apple or Google Play or check out our YouTube channel. But it's quite interesting when you look at the whole spread of um, the Sermon on the Mount. There's a path there, uh, a way that Jesus explains our beingness in the world. It starts really in the Beatitudes, which just shows the journey that the soul's got to take in order to live in the nature of Christ. A journey that takes us from not knowing to a, a full realization of the nature of reality. He paints a picture of how we're to be. And then he goes on in the salt and light passage saying, look, once you've got that, it's really important to make the most of that realization. Have it be out there. And then he starts with the journey that we've got to undertake, stressing the importance of the work we do and laying out the land that's in front of us. He begins with the law of that land and gives us a new perspective, seeing life from a non-dual position where one has no distinction between heaven and earth, and we can therefore have a new way of looking at law and order that includes everything. And then he asks us to love all creation, including our enemies, a radical understanding that all things have equal value within a spiritual context. He then asks us to go into ourselves and look at the true nature of our inner calling rather than just playing to the gallery all the time. And last week, we looked at Jesus's way of connecting to the divine, to that wisdom, his method of prayer. All these words of wisdom relate to the way that we orientate ourselves towards the journey. Uh, and the next passage has the same emphasis, very famous. Do not store up for yourself treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If when the light within you is darkness, how great that darkness. And in that famous bit, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Interesting message for those of us living in Aspen and the Roaring Fork Valley. Jesus is really saying that you've got to be one focused. It's all about priorities. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. And I don't think Jesus is condemning money here. He's talking about what our priorities are. You can see it with, you know, the approach one can take with dieting. Now, I, I've done a bit of dieting in my time, and I've, I've found that in order for a diet to work, it's got to be the number one priority in your life above everything else. If it's not the number one priority, then that meal with a loved one 
or a snack before a business meeting or a birthday party or some other special event will come along and derail you from your diet. That's not to say that the loved one is not a very high priority. Just that for the sake of the diet, you've got to put that above everything else. Otherwise, it'll just not work out. And the same is true with this. If you've not got your priorities sorted out, then the time will come when you're going to have to choose between one or the other, God or money, because you can't serve both. And this passage shows how to do that. Don't store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, um, but store up for yourself, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. This is about investment. What are we investing in during our lives? Is it baubles, bangles, and beads? Is it the property? Is it the Tesla, the estate? Is it the stocks, the school fees, the retirement plan? Or is it something else? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That which we're focused on will guide the direction of the journey. It'll underpin the decisions and influence everything that we do. And you can see it in the way that people behave. You sense what their priorities are. You can see it in politicians as well. Jesus is suggesting that our most precious treasure is our relationship to the divine, a place of wisdom. And I think that bears out. I know that my fear in life is lessened by the fact that I've invested in wisdom all my life, and therefore I will be able to respond appropriately to anything that comes my way, even death. I've confidence in the wisdom that I've invested in, the philosophy. Philosophy, philo love, Sophia wisdom. Philo Sophia, philosophy is the love of wisdom. And Jesus is saying here that it's infinitely more valuable than anything you're going to find on the NASDAQ. And you know, I think some of this is finally getting through. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is prioritizing well being above economic growth. She says, We're embedding that notion of making decisions that aren't just about growth for growth's sake. But how are people faring, she says? How is their overall well-being and their mental health? How is the environment going? These are the measures that will give us a true measure of our success. When you focus on the material side, it's almost as if you can never get enough. Too much is even not enough. But when you focus on the spiritual side, it's almost an immediate return in the peace that you feel. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, 
your whole body will be full of light. It's about what you're aiming for. What are your eyes looking towards? Is it ultimately healthy or is it something that can decay and rust? Are you searching for something that is, in essence, just material, dark? Or are you going towards the light? So Jesus is talking about getting our priorities right. And then he goes on to say, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. And the word used in the Greek is mammonus, which means riches, treasure, money. He's saying that it's a short-term aim to make money the priority. In order to live life skillfully, the priority has to be wisdom, our relationship with the divine, the guiding force of life. Jesus isn't saying that you have to give up money. He's just saying that it shouldn't be the main priority. And we, can see, we confuse this, the, the two because of that famous passage of the rich young man, uh, when a man comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Um, and he says, you know, you shan't murder, commit adultery, goes through some of the Ten Commandments. And the rich young man says, I've done all this. What still should I do? And Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give them to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And when the young man heard this, he was sad because he had great wealth. He says, Jesus, if you want to be perfect, that teleos word again, if you want to be, it means complete in the Greek. And this, though, is a different passage. It relates to the rich young man. Here on the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about the ultimate priority not being money. And we know the truth of that. You know, we know that we're born naked and with nothing, and that's how we're going to die. And yet, when the push comes to the shove, it's often money that is our priority. So how do you work that out in practice? Well, for me, it's all about security. Where do we get our security in life? And what's the feeling we have about that deep down? Because our security really is where our treasure is. That which we go to when we're in need. That's which we keep to make sure that we're secure, that we've done our best to be okay for ourselves and for those that we love. And for many of us, that is money. We want to keep enough for our family and ourselves to be safe, or as safe as you can be in today's world. And that means our housing, our food, what we have in the bank, money for college or whatever. We think that's what we want. But even Jeff Bezos, who at the last count was the richest man on the planet with $190 billion, is not safe from coronavirus or from the implications of his divorce. He cannot be sure of protecting his family. Things come out of nowhere. And many rich people, they have too much, and yet it's still not enough. We know it from our own lives that although we do our best to keep ourselves safe, in reality, we're all still vulnerable 
to that which we can't control. It may be money, but to others it may be fame or approval. They feel that that will keep us safe. If people view us in a very favorable way, they want to be seen as wise, as capable, as in control. And yet they're not. They seek darkness. What Jesus is saying here is that the only true place of safety is in the wisdom of our our relationship with the divine. Making sure we've invested in that relationship to the extent that whatever comes our way, we will have the resources in the form of love and wisdom to deal with it. Jesus is asking us to choose an anchor point. And he's saying that you can't have it both ways because once you've chosen your anchor point, that dictates the way that your life will run. If your basic anchor point is money, that will dictate your attitudes and decisions as to what you do, you know, whatever's necessary to keep that anchor in place. For some, it will be fame. For some, it will be power. But they want to keep that anchor in place. But if it's your relationship with the divine, with wisdom, then you're going to make different decisions based on the idea that you're building up a store of wisdom that will see you through even to that point of death. And Jesus is saying that using your anchor point as money will give you a false sense of security, one that will vanish at the unexpected and not prepare you for death. So he's asking you to choose. And it's not a hypothetical question. It relates to right now. As you look at the chaos coming your way, where is your point of security? And is it fit for purpose? To anchor in your relationship to the divine is to be supported by the very ground of being that upholds everything. And that has a lot more capacity than exists within Fort Knox. And it also gives us a sense of peace, which comes with that security. A peace, not that uh, you'll be able to control everything, but that deep down you know that you're held by the love that holds the whole universe together. And you have a place within that. I I find that a great comfort, both in my own life and in my family life. I know that there's going to be sorrow and joy and hardship and pleasure. But underneath it all, I'm at home in my life, in all that I exist within, those four walls of love at the center of all things. And there is nothing that could take it away because it's inside and all around. It's part of that latent consciousness And you can therefore take it with you wherever you go. Money's nice. We all like money. It smooths the path uh, as we go along. But it should be just that, a smoother of the path rather than the destination. To think that we're ultimately headed towards some financial goal is to mistake the path for the destination. Where we're all headed 
money has no value. The real currency is love. Interestingly enough, the word currency, that word currency means the condition of flowing from the Latin word currens, the present uh, participle of carere, which means to run. So in a sense, money is not what runs things. It's not what makes the world go around, although many of us think that it does. In fact, love is what makes the world go around. It is out of that love that the universe was founded, love being giving with no expectation of return, and we're given our lives out of love. So to fully participate in the real game of life, we have to recognize that both the currency and the language of the universe is love. Therefore, there is no greater endeavor than to develop an understanding of that love and the way it makes the wheels of creation turn. It is within that endeavor that our true purpose in life is revealed. So do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, if you're looking to that which will keep you healthy, your whole being will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, if you're looking at things that will not keep you safe, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. So let's open ourselves and allow ourselves to be affected by all that's around us, to connect with all that's around us with that love. Not asking for anything, but that we may be a conduit for that wisdom. Into so any, any thoughts on, on what I was saying? I mean, where, where is our treasure? I mean, your talk was such a great invitation for us and necessary every so often for us to take a, a really honest, ruthless look at our lives and like, what is our treasure and where are we investing our time and our money and um, what do we really care about? And... So I just appreciate that. You're my treasure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do think, you know, thanks for that. That's great. I do think it was a personal moment here. I do think, though, that, you know, that idea of of wisdom being an investment, I think it's a really important one. Um, Because what we're really doing is preparing ourselves, uh, you know, whatever our treasure is, we're preparing ourselves for our future. And we're preparing ourselves to be able to deal with what comes our way. And quite often, even if we've invested in um, you know, money, whatever it is, then things come in our direction that we're not prepared for and that it's out of our control. And so really, I mean, I always like the fact that here what we're about is how do we live our lives more skillfully? And it is skillful to think, how can I be in a place that whatever is going to come in my direction, 
I'm going to have the wherewithal in order to be able to contain it. Uh, and I think that's really key. Yeah, and those two questions, like what, where is my security and what is my anchor point? Yeah. And those two things that you mentioned are so cool. And it also reminded me of um, Christ's words. Uh, uh, well, the whole thing of like, it's, it's so, it, like our appetite is so insatiable. What you were saying yeah. about is never enough. Yeah. And so it reminded me of, Christ saying, um, I am the bread of life, and if you come to me, you'll never thirst and you'll never hunger. And, you know, that's, an, that's not some platitude. That is a, that's like a, a statement of fact. Yeah. That, um, that's just how it is. And, uh, you know, that it invites me to want to invest in, in wisdom because that, as, that as, you know, as the truly satisfying, yeah. truly deeply satisfying way. Of and you do see people roaring off in their lives. And, you know, they go for these goals, you know, whether it be, power or holding on to power or money or or fame of one sort or another you know that 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 whole idea that there is some destination that's going to give people what they want um and like in that famous film you know uh rosebud you know the only thing he could remember was the uh was the 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 sleigh that he had when he was a kid he had all that wealth and everything around him and uh, nothing was, everything was empty, was dust in his mouth. And we really have to think, you know, when, when we teach our children, you know, you know, we have teenage children, and, you know, if you set them off on that path where they're going towards something that is not going to ultimately satisfy them, uh, then, you know, you're setting them off on a dangerous journey. Yeah, and I'm also just reminded of Rowan Williams's um, line about spirituality being a sensitive and rewarding relationship with eternal truth and yeah. love. Like it's just deeply rewarding and therefore, you know. Deeply rewarding. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank you. That's Thanks. great. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.